0: Was our feature joygasm moment of the week? Of course, that was being uh, one of the many memorable scenes from Pirates of the Caribbean. This one, of course, being at World's End when Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan finally tie
1: the knot. Haven't seen it, Russ. You haven't seen it. What are you I talking about? I haven't seen it, Russ. Are you kidding me? I haven't seen it, Russ. I thought you had seen all three. Haven't seen it, Russ. Well, I have seen the (laughs) first one.
0: (laughs) The first one? And the last one. (laughs) R har, hardy har. Wait, when you say the last one, which one are you referring to? The most recent? The one that we went to? Yeah. So you haven't seen like three of them? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Steve. You forgot that, too, Reza. You've got <laughs> some homework. I am shocked. <laughs> you've got quite the pirate watching. I, I, I was going to say, like, I can understand after the, the original trilogy, like, like, people started to, like, ah, you know, they haven't seen, like, the fourth one or the fifth one, that sort of thing. But, like, the trilogy came out in the early 2000s. Yeah, I thought was, everybody had seen those. It was a while ago. My goodness, Steve. Well, all kinds of surprises indeed. Well, good thing you have them. I'll just take them on with me. I was going to say, man. There's, okay, so what? I'm curious to know, when you get around to watching all three, which one is your favorite?
1: I'll watch them all at
0: once, and I'll tell you. You should. <laughs> you know, the, the Gore Verbinski vision of pirates and and just the, the pirates of the Caribbean world was I thought was so well realized. Obviously there are certain films that I think are a little more strong than others in terms of like their, their approach and presentation and stuff. But this of course was just one of uh, my personal favorite scenes in the entire trilogy, just because I for one really loved the romance that was between Will and Elizabeth, and you saw it progressing from the first film all the way to the third one. There's all these different trials and conflicts and stuff that were going on, and the whole time I was just rooting for them to to get together. Like like you had all oh, kinds I of. I think you were not alone on that road. Well, and I I think that's why it's an appropriate scene for our featured joygasm moment of the week. Just because I have difficulty thinking about certain movies, really, I would say, within the last 20 to 30 years that had a more genuine, authentic... Chemistry? Chem- yeah, just romantic chemistry between Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley. Romantic science. It was so fun to be able to watch them on screen, and especially just the writing itself, too, lent a lot to just the believability of these characters were infatuated with each other. They loved each other. Everything else, and so it was. It was super fun, and I loved how they had their little ceremony. Uh, and of course, what better way to do it in a world like this than fighting other pirates and monsters and having uh, Jeffrey Rush proceeding over your nuptials <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> in the middle of a storm. Absolutely, M- middle of a storm, no doubt. You know, cannon that- fire. It was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, like, I think the, the cannon fire and the storm and the, the swashbuckling clanking of swords and stuff almost became an artistic metaphor for what it's like to go through dating and also to go through marriage and just having the, the cannons going off due to love or maybe even fighting. You never know. A lot of the spats and fighting that go on. In fact, Steve, actually, I feel like this is appropriate for you to watch before you get hitched. It's all about
1: keeping the boat together, not jumping overboard. And when the sails rip and the planks come apart, Russ, you make repairs and you keep on sailing.
0: I am still shocked that you haven't seen that movie.
1: I was making a metaphor. You
0: should- I know. No, yeah. I, I, I totally listened, but I just I'm still in shock. I totally thought you had seen that. No. Wow. Very nice. Did you have any comments about the, obviously, since you haven't seen the movie, it's a little out of context, but yeah. what what did you think of that particular scene?
1: I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, I, you know what I thought, Russ? I thought Jeffrey Rush was going to have more lines to say. Mm. I thought he was going to be more piratey, a little more, Arr! and he wasn't, he just kept on fighting, which was you know, fine, no, whatever. but I thought he was, you know, would participate a little bit more.
0: Well, as he said, I'm a little busy at the moment. This is true. He was fighting off like four people at once. This is true. So, people uh, or monsters? I think it was a little bit of both. A little bit of both, actually. Jeffrey uh, Rutch, Jeffrey (laughs) Jeffrey Rutch, yeah. (laughs) Was actually, to me, he was one of the best characters of the entire franchise. I absolutely love watching him as Captain Bulbosa. I'm sure everybody
1: does.
0: Well, don't, don't dismiss me, Steve. <laughs> I'm sure. Yet again, you're all alone. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of how everything was coming together in terms of like the music, the visuals, the camera shots, the the script, the dialogue, the gooeyness?
1: There, well, there was a whole lot of gooeyness. You know, a, little, uh, a lot, and, lot of fishy
0: gooeyness nah, being not splattered too much gooeyness. everywhere.
1: A lot of slicing and dicing. A lot of a lot of water pounding over the deck. A lot of sea water. A lot of...
0: Salty c- water.
1: Clinging and clanging. I'm sure everybody who hadn't seen the movie, like me, if they're just listening to it, they probably understand what's going on but they really don't know what's going on hey well for
0: those of you out there who have not seen the movie i would i would recommend you see it i like i said i am curious to know what everybody's favorite pirates of the caribbean film is i know that it's just off the top of my head yeah the first one tends to yeah. be the most popular that yeah. sort of thing yeah i liked quite a few of them though anyway you are listening to Joy Gasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ Xbox Live Toaster 360. Steve, who are you? I am Steve Xbox Live, Steve That's right. And we're just I would say a couple of salty dogs here in episode 137 today, August 29th, 2019. We are going to be focusing our main topic of the day on Disney's D23 conference that took place over the weekend. There's been a lot of movement going on with various functions and conferences with uh, the announcements as of late. But first things first, I'd like to find out what Mihermano has been up to this past week. Steve, have you been watching anything that you fancy Perhaps play anything that you fancy some more?
1: The only thing that I've been playing... Actually, no, that's going to be a lie. I'll stop right there. Lawyer, <laughs> lawyer, <laughs> you, you, your paints are on fire! So I played a little bit of Sea of Thieves with the latest update. Sea of Thieves? And Steve. there was not a whole lot of people on the server, which was nice because mm-hmm. my gold
0: collecting was nonviolent. You seem to be having quite a few servers devoid of any other forms of life lately, Steve.
1: There was actually one time when I unloaded. Actually, no, I didn't unload. I was about to unload. And somebody boarded my ship, and they climbed the ladder and looked at me, and I looked at them. And I was like, "Mm, are you going to be violent? Are you going to be friendly? Are we going to duke it out right here on board? What's up? And so he just looked at me, and I looked at him, and I gave him a wave, and then he just took out his pistol and shot me, then sliced and diced me. So I kind of figured that would happen, so I started to sail away. Mm-hmm. and he got like the cheapest thing I had and jumped off the ship and probably got eaten by sharks. And I ended up keeping the, the more expensive stuff. See, Russ, what I did was I kept the cheap stuff mm-hmm. on top of the deck. Oh, so that was what would catch his eye first. The more Oh-ho! expensive
0: stuff was hidden down below. And if he was a true gamer, nah. although, of course, <laughs> we're assuming it's a he. The gamer could have been a she. That's true. You never know. But if said gamer was a pro, they would know from conditioning of other games that the more you explore into the nooks and crannies, the better treasure you'll
1: find. And I figured something out. You know when you're in the sloop and you have the windows? Mm-hmm. You know, you can shut them. No! Ah, I did not know that. I don't know if it's something brand new in the game or uh, it's been there all along, but I, I walked past a window. I was looking out. And then I, it... it Brought up the little X button. Yeah. Like you can do, you can do something there. And I thought, oh, well, I might as well just hit the button and see what it is. What's going on? Maybe it's a, a lantern that I'm not seeing. And so I hit the button and then and then the window shutter goes, <laughs> <laughs> I came down. And I'm like, oh, can I do that to the other side too?
0: And came down like yes. Wow. Nice. Well, the good folks at Rare, they may have snuck that in because we have put in an awful lot of hours into that game. I would have expected either us or some friends of ours who also play the game to have found that by well before now anyway. Yes. Other than that,
1: bro, I, I haven't uh, been playing a whole lot of stuff. I think the other only the time this week that I played anything was when I came over here to play Resident Evil. Which I'm 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 at the end. Okay. I'm at the end. But uh but I you know it was getting late. You've been
0: pretty hardcore about leaving my house around 11,
1: 11.30. That's right, because my faraway fiancé goes to bed around that time, and I don't want any drama. We don't want no drama. No, 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 no drama, drama. Okay, that was... From, I don't even know what that is. That was from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Perhaps if you sang it <laughs> on key, I would recognize
0: it. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> so, anyhow... Hey, I worked on the Sims busting out. We hired the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> oh, for the music of that now. game. Yes, we did. I have to look it up and then show it to you. But
1: I can't play it on here or else we're gonna get yeah. flagged. No, I, know, I you got YouTube you flag. You flagged.
0: Actually, you know what? What? Now there is a method to the madness of you singing intentionally. We'll just say intentionally off mm-hmm. key because it won't get flagged. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if it does,
1: wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, uh so I yeah I had to leave because she was waiting for me. She goes to bed earlier than I do, and I only had spoken to her five minutes out of the entire day. And then when I got home finally, I got to speak with no, with her another five minutes before. Well, she we went need to make bed. sure you have so, your quality pillow talk. Time. That's right. And that's about it. Netflix sent me a damaged disc. Thank you very much. Oh, so I had to send it back. And that it doesn't was, happen very often, does it? Nah, it actually it doesn't. But when it does, you know, it just kind of puts a wrinkle in your week. <sighs> so what? My was, little whistle. It was. It was the next disc in the twenty-four season six hmm So, I had to pause. I actually have two more discs, but I don't want to, you know, I, was like, <laughs> I can't watch those <laughs> until I get the one that I need to watch. Yeah. Wouldn't make any sense now, would You know, it? if I was smart, which I can be, I would have opened up all the discs and just let them, take a look at them all first. And then if one of them was damaged, which it was, I could have sent that one back, got it in a replacement on time, and then I wouldn't have been... uh
0: I wonder if those are available online. Like, can you do digital downloads, like just video on demand with the 24 series? Nah, not on Netflix yet, man. Maybe on Hulu, maybe on uh, Amazon Prime or something, but definitely not
1: Netflix, bro. What
0: have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, as you were just mentioning, I thoroughly enjoyed watching you play Resident Evil 2 Remake on Wednesday night during our Twitch session. It's just so fun watching you play that game, Steve it just brings back the good old mid 90s memories of when you used to do that with on the uh, the PlayStation and that was you know it was fun back then it's fun now catch like it i have been having a blasty blast playing Sekiro, a.k.a. Sekiro. I have no idea how to pronounce this title correctly. I've actually been watching multiple videos in a futile attempt to figure out how everybody else is pronouncing mm. it. There, it's literally 50-50. Like, there are people who call it Sekiro. There are people who call it Sekiro. And so I'm just hopefully, well, hopefully, hopelessly in the dark as to how to pronounce this thing correctly, which is a bummer because it's such an awesome game. But that is neither here nor there. I have been a bit stuck, though. I've gotten to a point where uh, there are different types of mid-bosses and bosses that are a little too much like a boss, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. So uh, I've been spanked one too many times, and I've decided to go into farming mode where I just constantly take out the, the lesser baddies and uh, gain gold and gain uh, experience that I can then spend on acquiring new skills and that sort of thing, which is actually, <laughs> it's, it's quite nice just being able to run around and stealthily take people out, little hapless victims. <laughs> I want to learn a new skill and be a master. Can I give you coin for that? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so the coins are actually more for upgrading my uh, prosthetic. Uh-huh. Oh, prosthetic, right. Because if you recall, my arm got lopped off. That's right. That was not very fun. Probably hurt a little bit. In fact, I'm sure it scratched a good itch. It just depends. Because actually, the prosthetic has many, many little toys and gizmos and gadgets to it, making him pretty awesome, too. Does he doodle on it? He doesn't doodle. But there are many a thing on there that I find to be very fun. And what's really cool is that you can upgrade that prosthetic. So, like, when you have your gold, for instance, and other little um, materials and minerals and stuff like that, you can upgrade it. to It has a whole tree in addition to my skills tree. So, super, super fun. And I'm hoping to beef myself up. Basically, juice myself to the point where I can just uh, easily dispatch of these... Uh, Barrier type people. Hmm. So anyway, I was also changing gears here a bit. I saw an article that talked about how Microsoft admitted that they listen in on gamers using the Kinect.
1: Yes, Russ. You didn't know that? No. Yes. That's been like the case for like three
0: years. So this article said they have been listening since 2013. Okay, even longer. Yeah. Yes. But what they were saying was, like, apparently they had come out with some kind of a, like press release announcement thing where they were almost like trying to act like the good guys where like they were saying like, well, we no longer listen to you anymore. And I think like people were just like, well, wait a minute. We weren't aware that you were listening to us to begin with. But apparently through the, the connect itself, since 2013 until about, I want to say 2017-ish, somewhere around there, they were actually listening in. They had people um, just data mining all their customers. Yes, Russ. Well, I see. Shouldn't this be on a news story? Well, that's what I'm saying, is that it, it, it was. It was like a video game no, news
1: story. No, I mean like the news
0: segment. Should you cue the music? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it now because we're foregoing that for this most of you. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, but I did think it was important just to bring up because I wasn't sure if you had heard about that. I, of course, had heard about like, you know, smart TVs doing it or um, Amazon or Google, probably even Apple as well. Actually,
1: as you say that, another article came out this week that I posted. I didn't know if I should post it on our Facebook page, so I posted it on my Facebook page. Okay. What Apple was doing is it had kind of the same thing. It had humans listening in to people asking <laughs> serious this. stuff.
0: Humans listening to other humans. <laughs> <laughs> strangest thing you ever heard uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so well you know when you the the, nerve (laughs) you push the button and you say something to siri Mm -hmm. so people would listen in on what you were asking siri to see if siri was responding correctly to what you were asking it Mm -hmm. the thing is is that with the later phones you don't necessarily have to push any buttons to ask Siri anything. Siri's just listening all the time for you to say Siri. Gotcha. So what happened is, almost the same exact thing, Apple's been advertising, hey, we're, 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 you know, privacy, privacy, privacy. That's what, trying to separate themselves from Google, right? Well, people, all these humans... We're listening to everyone's <laughs> conversations, people doing it, getting a hanky-panky on, having arguments, blah, blah, blah. Not saying nearly, hey, Siri, yeah. you know, look up the history of bass fishing or That's what you call awkward. And so anyhow, Apple with their uh, their whole privacy thing is saying, we're not going to do it anymore. Just, uh, you know, FYI, no one sue us, please. That happened this week.
0: It's insane. Privacy is gone. And it's uh, brilliant how they were able to achieve it through entertainment. It's just crazy. All kinds of crazy. Moving on from that, though, Steve. I also watched the Cyberpunk 2077 new gameplay footage that actually dropped today. They had about 15 minutes of additional footage. And Steve, uh, as if you couldn't be even more excited for that game. When you get a chance, maybe later tonight, I would recommend you go and check it out on YouTube. It's just, man, that game is going to be... Redonk. Oh, my goodness. Like, just looking at the... They they were kind of showing some of the classes. Like, in addition to choosing different paths, like, I think they had, like, three different main paths of being, like, you know, more uh, of a a corporate nature where you have more things, you're a little more well-off versus being a street kid versus being... I don't even know Um, on top of that as well. Then you have these different other classes of like being like a super buff dude type or being more of like a net stealthy uh, dark web kind of person or anonymous. Yeah. I mean like they had, and they actually had more than that. I just can't recall off the top of my head, but what was super cool was that you could even do hybrids of things. And they were showing how like, they don't want to like stick you just solely into like a quote unquote class But instead, they have this huge grid that comes up, takes up the entire screen, and you choose your character's attributes one at a time. And so then you may have, like, it's almost like if you think of, like, you in the center of this nucleus and having these other circles that kind of intersect with each other. So you have different um, influences here and there. Like maybe you have some hacking skills, but you also have some ability to be able to kind of use brute strength, but not all the way. Or if you want to put all of your attributes into just nothing but pure strength, then instead of having to like hack through th- like different doors, or whatever you just use your hands and you just pry the door open. I mean, they, they showed <laughs> a couple of examples of it. I like that way better. even the guy who was talking was saying, yeah, if you want to go like full Terminator style uh, and just take a ton of damage and keep pushing forward, you can choose that type of of, uh, character. So anyway, the only thing I can say about it is I did notice there was a reduction a little bit in graphics fidelity. Like it was not as like pristine and crispy and amazing looking as previous gameplay footage that we've seen at E3. So I'm a little surprised, but yet not just because that just seems to be always the case where like they'll have their early game running on some beefed up PC. And so they have all this amazing graphics fidelity. And then when the game comes out, sometimes they, they end up doing that sort of thing. So I'm hoping maybe it's just the quality of the video and not the game itself, but I have a feeling like probably when we're playing through it, it's not going to be quite at that level. I think the level that we saw was probably, like I said, a high-end PC running the, the
1: game. I thought it said like running on Xbox One X,
0: but maybe it was. Hmm. Like I said, it, it's it's difficult to know for sure, but like I said, aside from that though, everything else was just like, oh man, I cannot wait to play this game. It's like just super, super cool. Speaking of Terminator, there was a trailer that I watched. It was a new trailer for the new Terminator Dark Fate film. I'm not sure how that film is going to do. Oh, you think? Well, so uh, the reason I say that is because the director is is the director of Deadpool. And of course, James Cameron re- returned in the producer's chair. So I was thinking, okay, well, maybe this thing's going to be better than some of the other ones in the past, but as it stands, I don't think it's going to be nearly as good as Terminator One and Two. I think those two were just, you know, top of the the mountain. If you know what I'm saying, Cameron may have
1: lost too much. I don't
0: know. Well, again, he wasn't directing this one. He was just in the producer. <laughs> just saying, he's
1: gonna give advice either way. He wants the movie to succeed.
0: Yeah. Now, another trailer that you and I saw was the new Joker trailer that dropped. I believe it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are huge fans of the Joker trailer and just, you know, can't wait for the movie itself to come out, we uh, today actually dropped our August Patreon bonus Joygasm episode. And the whole entire episode is us actually analyzing this new trailer that dropped. And I got to say, I I think we had a whole lot of great things to say. A little lively discussion. It was, it was a lively discussion. I'm not just saying that because it's us and it's our show, but, but actually when we were finished, I was thinking, man, like I really enjoyed that conversation. Now that was cool. How we were able to touch on multiple things regarding just a trailer that was like maybe two minutes long. And so the, uh, the bonus podcast itself, I think is roughly around 40 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. So for those of you who are supporters, uh, definitely check it out. We hope you enjoy it. And for those of you who have never heard of this, if you go to www.patreon.com slash joygasm. Uh, actually, is it Joygasm or Joygasm TV, Steve? Well, that's a great question, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is a great question. Uh, I'm I mean,
0: sure I'm sure if they just search Joygasm. You know what? It's just, it, I was right. It was patreon.com.
1: Slash joygasm. There
0: you go. But if you are a new listener, or maybe you've been listening to us for a while and you would like to show us some love and become a, a contributing uh, member of the Joygasm Society, become a joystick, oh, Jeez. Uh, you know, definitely check it out. And of course, we appreciate all the support that we have going on now and into the future. trying to think if there's anything else that's going on. Of course, you know, I did two plays, a little bit of Sea of Thieves, and I was continuing to play some Team Sonic Racing, Steve. I know. To round things out. But Sekiro slash Sekiro, /Sekiro, that's still my go-to. It's still uh, one of my favorite games of the year. Well, put on your mouse ears. It's time for the topic of the day. topic of the day is the 2019 Disney's D23 conference which just took place over this past weekend. There were a lot of different announcements going on. I for one was actually quite curious as to what they would be talking about and announcing just because San Diego Comic Con occurred not too long ago and they had quite a few announcements from that particular panel. So it is, you know, first of all, I have never really checked out a D23 conference.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, I, I go to them all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Season pass. I'm sure for those, you wear your goofy hat, Steve. <laughs> with, that, with the
1: teeth hanging down in front of the bill?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the One of the biggest things that they... go. Oh, Gosh. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, now you just totally, I'm sorry. T-boned my thought process. You are sorry about D20 trace. So what was happening was in terms of D23, I don't know how long they've actually had the conference itself. I want to say it can't possibly be longer than five years old. I'll have to double-check that, but I'm curious to know like when they actually started this whole D23 thing. How come they call it D23? I have no idea. You should find that out, Steve. <sighs> <laughs> Obviously, the biggest thing about D23 this year is that Disney has been heavily and aggressively promoting their new platform called Disney+. Plus. And I am... Well, I have been, actually, for the last year or so. Oh, Google was listening to me. I
1: said, what does? And it finished the sentence saying, D23 mean.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's just trying to help you, Steve. It's just trying to be helpful. Anyway, while you're looking at that, in terms of what they had to show, they had actually quite a bit. And I know that some of the, the advertisements leading up to D23, I, for one, was actually pretty impressed by their lineup because they have a lot of their their classic movies or animated feature films um, as part of D23 of course they have the entire Pixar library they have uh, the Star Wars library which I gotta say a side note for it was interesting how they didn't just say like Lucasfilm they just they said Star Wars but obviously obviously with Lucasfilm, Indiana Jones is a part of that world, too. And as um, some others, I'm sure, like some of the the classics like American Graffiti, that sort of thing. So I wonder why they decided to go with Star Wars. Maybe it was just more recognizable as an IP. That's probably what it is. Sure, Russ. But anyway, so they had Star Wars on there. Of course, Marvel was another item on on the list and National Geographic. And so you have like this really nice variety of different types of uh, just massively celebrated IPs. But then, of course, the question comes up, well, what exactly is it that they're going to show? Because some of the stuff are known quantities, like some of the things that have already been released, which is great because you have that as, I believe, a video on demand model. Hmm. But there were quite a few different announcements on here first of which I want to talk about is uh the Marvel shows so they showed a number of different announced uh, like I don't know I guess they're just they just call them Disney plus TV shows but uh one of course is Falcon and Winter Soldier um that one I'm curious about just because those are are characters that are a bit more secondary from the films themselves. So I'm curious to see what kind of deep dives are going to do with those characters. And of course it's, I'm sure they're going to stick to like how the, how they are portrayed in the comic books for the most part, if not entirely, there's also Wanda vision, which I think that one is probably the one I'm, I'm most interested in out of the Marvel yeah, TV
1: shows. I would have to agree.
0: And of course they also said that they're having miss Marvel. And she Hulk. And uh, of course I don't really know too much about those as I don't really collect those comics. So it's, it's difficult to know for sure, but yeah, I got to say Wanda is the one that has piqued my interest the most out of all of those announced shows. I just, I've always loved the relationship between the two characters of, of vision and Scarlet witch in the films. And especially as they're played by the actors themselves, I, th- I think they have great chemistry And so it was was fantastic to see that they're actually coming back for the show itself. What'd you think?
1: I just want to see more Paul Bettany, Russ.
0: Paul Bettany's the man, isn't he? (laughs) And Elizabeth Olsen. um, She is the woe man. Well, it's... (laughs) I think what's cool is that, like, okay, first of all, they have terrific chemistry with those characters from the films, but also too, I'm really impressed by the the acting range that they both have. I think that some of the most touching moments from like Infinity War and Endgame were them. Like, I I loved the the scene when. Thanos is trying to make his way over to Vision and she's having to try and destroy the stone in his head. And Yeah, a lot you know, of expression. Yeah, the, the look um, on her face. You know, you can just feel that in your heart. You're like, my goodness, that is just... I feel terrible for these guys. And at the beginning of that movie too, or
1: oh, towards the end of the first quarter of it, but uh, when they're in London, I believe it is, and mm. and they have escaped together yeah. and wanting to come back, but they don't want to split apart. And that, that all that was grabbing me by the ghoulies.
0: Yeah, and so I'm very curious to see how this particular show goes. And what's interesting is is the very limited amount of promotional material I've seen. It almost looks like they're kind of marketing it as an I Love Lucy-esque kind of setup. I could be totally wrong on this, but at least from the visuals, like for some reason I was getting an I Love Lucy vibe or something that represents almost like a 1960s, a uh, sitcom kind of thing. So again, I could totally be wrong on that. Um, and it just it just makes me curious to see like what they end up doing with that. Another thing that I'm hoping for is with all of these TV shows that they are presenting, I'm hoping that there's going to be a cross-pollination between the movies and the TV shows. Because I think Disney was kind of using ABC as a testbed because they had a couple of like Marvel-esque shows, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example. And they made a a bit of a mistake, in my opinion, in the sense that they kept the TV portions pretty much separated from the films. Like they had a couple little things here and there, but I think that was one of the creative decisions that ultimately uh, was a bit of a mistake. And I think it's very wise of disney to like have used that as kind of a test bed for disney plus because now they have disney plus it's a video on demand type of platform and especially now that the avengers are just even bigger now than they they were just a little while ago it's super cool to be able to see okay they're first of all they're retaining the cast from the pre-existing movies that's very very good like it would be really bad if they cast Vision and Scarlet Witch with other actors. Oh, here's the TV show. It's like that would fall on on its face. (laughs) Same thing with, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, having the same, um, actors come back for that series. That's awesome. I I really do approve of that, but also too, I want to be able to see a bit more of different events that, that perhaps, um, organically transpire between the TV shows and the films, so it's almost like an extension of what we've seen with the standalone films versus the group films. You know what I mean? I do. I don't think Disney would show too much in
1: in the, in the TV movie that wouldn't make sense on the big screen because they can't expect every. They want everybody to get Disney Plus, but they can't expect everybody to get it. Right. And if not as many people got it, and but those folks still wanted to go see the big blockbuster movie and then some folks did, He goes yeah but you know you not going to make any sense because you didn't watch season 1 episode 13 of of uh, winter winter soldier and and falcon you know it's not going to make any sense to you and then people be like ah, no I'm not going to go see the movie then yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i i think that they are probably planning on exactly what it is that that we're talking about that we're hoping to see and that's that's very good. You know, Kevin Feige, of course, I think is also involved with the Marvel portion of Disney+. You think so? Yes? Well, I, I just, I, you know, again, I'm 99% sure, but uh, hopefully he's not limited to just the movies. But I thought it was interesting, too, with another TV show that they're planning for Disney+, called What If? And we got a little bit more information from Kevin Feige on stage as he talked about it's almost like my understanding of it was like, there were certain stories that we've been told already, but what if we were to change a key plot point or a key attribute of a character or something along those lines? Um, And so I'm curious about that. I'm, I'm wondering at first I thought it was maybe based on like comic book that was called what if, but it may not, it may just be kind of a creative sandbox for the, the creators to be able to kind of, have fun stirring the pot and seeing like what they can do to kind of revisit some of the stuff that's already been established from the the past 10 years of films. Are you looking forward to that one? Mm, it's up in the air. Yeah.
1: I think we probably have to just see it first. What if sounds like a Pixar movie?
0: Or, it really does. Title. Yeah. 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 And of course, Loki is another, uh, Disney plus show. So again, uh, Big Tom Hiddleston fan. I think that uh, it's really cool that he gets to have his own show and be able to just have fun more with the character. I think one of the overarching hopes also for me is I really hope that they put a lot of TLC into these shows. I hate it when like a show has a limited budget and they can't really like push it as far as they'd like to. Perfect case scenario would be like the the, the shows would be. Um, the same in terms of, of visual audio, just overall quality as the films themselves, so they're indistinguishable. Like you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't even tell which one I'm watching.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can't afford the, uh, the 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 costume we had on the movie sets. Uh, we're just gonna put you in a turtleneck and uh, <laughs> you know race car <laughs> helmet. Throw you out there. <laughs>
0: uh, we can't. Hey, af- it, I'm Loki.
1: Hold on. Let me flip this up.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something is Yeah. <amiss. laughs> Of course, they also have Hawkeye, which is another Disney Plus show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's good too, just because Hawkeye tend to, or yeah, I mean, he tended to play a bit more of a backseat role in the films themselves. And so it's nice to be able to kind of get to know the character a bit more. And of course, they're uh, using the same cast for that as well. So Don't forget Black Widow. Absolutely not. But see, Black Widow mm-hmm. is a movie. It's different than... It's a show. No, it's a film. That's... I I thought it was part of Disney Plus as well, but it's not. It's actually one of the films for Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, thank goodness. Yeah, because you have Black Widow, and that's big news for um, Scarlett Johansson because she has her own standalone film. Hashtag ScarJo. There you go. There's also The Eternals that is slated for November 6th of 2020, and we got to see the entire cast come out for that. Um, Angelina Jolie... uh, I mean, she, man, she like, it's crazy seeing her on stage because she has such presence. Presence, yeah. It's, and it's not just because she's gorgeous, but, but like when you look at everybody come out and you see her, you're like, man, there's like, she really has a commanding presence where you just, you can't get your take your eyes off her. She has that like kind of a mystique or something about her. It's really cool. And of course, I have no idea what uh, the Eternals is about. I didn't read that comic book at all. And so um, in addition to that, there is Shang-Chi, um, which is the Legend of the Ten Rings? I have not read that comic book either, but I'm just as curious about that one. And to round things out, Doctor Strange. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Doctor Strange Part Two: The Multiverse of Madness. Right. Oh, well. Oh, and later on. Okay, so so let me leave what right. Let, let me back up a little bit here. Black Widow is slated for May 1st, 2020. Uh, the Eternals, of course, November 6th, 2020. Shang-Chi is February 12th of 2021. What about Blade? Uh, Well, they didn't really talk about Blade at D23.
1: When slated to come out, right?
0: I don't recall. There the, were an the awful, awful lot of announcements being made here. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, they did not give a release date for Blade. I'll look it up. They, they simply just showed, like, who was going to play Blade, and they put on a hat that, like, said Blade, and everybody lost their poop. Um, so Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is slated for May 7th of 2021. And then on November 5th of 2021 is Thor Love and Thunder, and uh, we get to see the triumphant return of Natalie Portman, who, uh, as we all know and love, She's absolutely talented and beautiful. And uh, I, for one, really loved the on-screen chemistry of Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman. Did you have any other uh, comments about the Marvel lineup of D23, Steve? No. You're a man of few words. That's what I love about you, Steve. Let's keep this show on the road. <laughs> now, the next thing that they were talking about was, and of course, this is this is not exactly in uh, chronological order from how D23 was presented. But well, another thing of note, it was the Jeff Goldblum, um, I, I, oh, I guess you call it like a, like a discovery show. So let me hear your thoughts on that. Well,
1: um, let me think about it a little bit as I, as I massage <laughs> my, my earlobes and wave my hands a little as I'm curious about whatever the world has um, uh, to offer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, at first I thought, yay, Jeff Goldblum. I like Jeff. And then we saw a little sneak peek of the show, and I thought,
0: I'm not curious anymore. I think the problem was the the tr- the trailer for the show was the problem. It
1: wasn't Jeff. I think yeah, the well, way I'm not that- saying it's yeah. I'm not saying it's Jeff, but he was like, "I'm curious
0: about everything," and then he just started just talking about shoes. Okay, and uh, and again, I think it's it's a byproduct of how the trailer was cut because I found myself kind of feeling the same way. Where like I'm just like, "Well, why am I feeling overwhelmed by Jeff Goldblum?" and and I think. Again, they just had this very, I don't know, it was like an onslaught montage of just things like they were trying to kind of overemphasize the point of, hey, it's Jeff Goldblum. He's so eccentric <laughs> and so lovable and quirky and, you know, all this kind of stuff, which we all know and love. It's like, you don't have to tell us that. Um, I, for one, am curious to watch it. I think um, it has potential to actually be really fun. I Honestly, I think it has potential to be fun as like a family show, like where like if I have my daughter watching it and it's kind of this um, exploration of different things, the way things work, the way things live, and just it seems to be kind of very wide and and broad stroke approach to the, the show itself. So I think that... You know, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to see how it goes, and then I'll be able to forge kind of my final decision on that when I see it. But another big thing, of course, let's segue into Star Wars. Hmm.
1: Star Wars, <clears throat>
0: yes, man. Yes. 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 Now, when it comes to Star Wars, uh, I you know we saw the D twenty three trailer that they had put together, and I must say that. Um, uh, you know, did we did we talk about this uh, on the previous episode of Asm? I'm not sure if we even, like, brought up the D23 ness I don't think we did. I think, we I th- I think we've talked it. a lot. I have, uh, yeah. I have You're talked right. to yeah, a I lot have. of people yes. about this. And so uh, I can't recall exactly when I talked to you about this. But I must say. And I say this with very uh, with a very sober heart, Steve. Yes, Russ, I'm waiting. After watching that, for the very first time in my life, I am not excited oh. for an upcoming Star Wars movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is not something that I am happy to say. It's not something that I am uh, bragging about or anything like that. Far from it, because I am... Despite what has been shown, um, uh, just a huge die hard, uh, die hard, not die diehard die hard uh, nice. Star Wars fan. And so watching what I saw. You know, of course, the the special effects are amazing and the visual spectacle is just awe-inspiring, that sort of thing. The biggest issue I had was just when I saw the characters, you know, they had this one revealed shot of, like, showing the, the, the group, the motley crew, the posse, all together. I didn't care about any of the characters I saw on screen. Right. And I did, at first, care about them with The Force Awakens, But, of course, um, Star Wars Last Jedi, hugely controversial film. Uh, There are fans who are split down the middle. There are people who really liked it, and there are people who absolutely hated it.
1: Yes, there
0: is. I fall uh, on the latter group uh, when it comes to that. And watching this particular trailer, I was watching it, and I was thinking to myself, why is it that I don't care? Because I'm always into characters and everything else. And I realized there really hasn't been any kind of character development that I can identify with, with these characters. And, of course, at the end of the trailer, you know, they, they show Rey looking all Sith-like. And uh, she has this, like, Swiss Army knife a <laughs> uh, lightsaber that she unfolds and, and turns into a, a double-bladed lightsaber because, Hey, why not? You know, she, she's capable of doing everything else with no effort whatsoever. She just, it just comes to her. Let's just give her a double-bladed lightsaber too. Um, and I, I think it's unfortunate because I, I love Daisy Ridley. I think she's a, a very accomplished actor as, as are the rest of them, too. I mean, they're, they're really good in other roles I've seen them in, in the movies. But, I, you know, the biggest issue is that when it came to the original Star Wars, each of the characters had flaws and vices and things that just I could relate to. Because as a of, human being who also has. Yeah. Right. And I just, you know, I look at these guys and uh, I'm just like, I, I they're just they're one dimensional to me. Like, like they just, they go through the motions, they do their thing. And I think it's a result of bad script writing. I think it's a result of um, just how everything has been edited together and it just doesn't make any sense. And so I am still going to see it when it comes out, but I'm not going to be feverishly trying to get tickets and wait hours and lines and, and have that, that excited anticipation like I used to. Um, and like I said, you know, I don't say that gleefully at all. It, 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 I feel like I'm kind of mourning it in a way where, like, you know, it, mm. it's amazing how, like, I can still put in one of the original films of episodes four, five, and six. To this day, I still get chills. I'm still completely engrossed. It's amazing how they were able to capture lightning in a bottle, essentially, with those three films. You know,
1: they what they did with that trailer, too, is they actually showed that they can make... The original footage on a digital version. Mm-hmm. So all this pish-posh about, oh, we can't do it. Nope, can't be done. The, the footage is too old. It's, uh, you know, every excuse in the book. Yeah, I knew Disney would finally do it. And they did, so we could probably all hope for, like, an original copy, but on Blu-ray version of
0: episodes. Well, Blu-ray is kind of coming past, say, let's say, 4K. Okay, hey. It's the same for the future. 4K, hey hey. You know, let's just say 8K. 8. Uh, oh, what two. I got an I got an ache.
1: Man. I got an ache. Woo. For an 8K. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to fork it and then we're going to ache it. Uh, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm <It's> telling you. <sighs> Anyhow, yeah, with that trailer, when you see all the original footage, I thought, "Ooh, I'm goose goosebumps." I don't even I'm not even watching the whole scene. I'm just watching a couple frames and oh, uh, I just can't keep it together right now. And then it got to the later part, and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and went, Yeah, the magic's gone. I already know the tricks. You know, I know the, the, the magician is going to pull the rabbit out of the hat at exactly the time he's going to pull it out of the hat. And he does.
0: And so there's no excitement. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'll still see it uh, just because. Um, because I like like gamers. Pretty much. I'll go and see it because I want to see this thing in. But my goodness, like, it, it, oh, man, you know what's crazy too is that like the the teaser trailer. If you recall the the because that this one was actually just for D twenty three. Right. The original teaser trailer where like you see Ray running and there's like a Tie Fighter that's right. trying to run her over and she leaps and stuff. I actually like that trailer. I thought that trailer um, had quite a bit of cool stuff going on there. But this one, I don't know what it was, man. I just saw him like. What? (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. What? (laughs) There was another announcement that involved Ewan McGregor. Right. And I'm actually very excited for that. I am of the opinion that Ewan McGregor was one of the best things about the prequels. I really did enjoy him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I, for one, am very excited about this new type of uh, Disney Plus TV show series that they're putting together. So I'm hoping they do it well. What were you going to say?
1: They should bring Liam Neeson in, and just like they're making a Falcon and Winter Soldier show, they should make a Obi-Wan and what's-his-face show. What was uh-huh. Liam Neeson's character in episode Qui-Gon one? qui yeah, Oh, yeah, I'll rattle that one off as
0: long as I tip my tongue. There you go. They should make a show with them two. You know what I'm saying? They were great in the first episode. What I think, actually, here's one. Here's a part of the secret sauce of Disney+. <laughs> and we're moving on. No, no, no. This, you made me <laughs> think of so this much. while you said this, because this this pertains to what you just talked about. For the first time, really, we are seeing a studio like Disney able to attract Hollywood talent for arguably what our original... TV shows. Think about that. No, I'm thinking. If you think of Amazon or Netflix, they have been very good in creating original programming for their platforms because they know that they're having to kind of play along and play nice with these other folks who have these these uh, third party IPs that they don't own, and they have at times, been able to attract certain talent from Hollywood to come in and do something. Netflix especially has been very successful at this. However, it's been kind of here and there. Like It's not like they've been able to just grab everybody and attract them into the world of Netflix. Disney, on the other hand, has. If you think about how their platform isn't even live yet, it's supposed to go live this November. They have attracted a huge amount of hollywood talent to produce works for their platform that that is essentially the disney version of netflix or amazon like with their amazon prime that is no small feat and i think it's super cool because obviously the you know you, most of the talent that people deem to be the best are in films i mean yeah you have certain people who like obviously they're they're like super super good you know, in the, the, the TV realm, but it's always been, there's always been kind of this glass ceiling or a glass barrier, invisible barrier where people who, who make movies, it's kind of like, well, if they were to do a TV show, it's almost considered like a step down in their career for them, you know, versus like if you start out in TV and then make your way into movies, that's considered a step up. Disney is now erasing that whole notion with the likes of these films. I mean, you have Ewan McGregor, who's going to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. You have um Jeff Goldblum doing his like discovery kind of thing. Who's, you know, obviously he's been a movie actor for a long time. You have different actors from the Avengers who are doing things like, like WandaVision, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and moving forward too, with all these other films are not, excuse me, not films, but these other Disney plus TV shows. It's pretty impressive that that has been pulled off. And I really do believe that is going to be an ongoing part of Disney plus success is they have been able to actually do what Netflix and Amazon have been trying to do for a long time and have had limited little, um, woohoo points of actually having, <laughs> yeah, having uh success in, in doing so. What are you, th- what are your thoughts on that, Steve? Yeah, Russ,
1: um, I think it actually began before Disney+. Plus. I mean, there there's there was a section in Hollywood. I don't know, like a crossing point or um intersection. I don't know. <laughs> Freeway stop. <laughs> <laughs> Where Hollywood started becoming less exciting and TV shows started becoming more exciting. They do kind of go back and forth. Yeah, and so, I mean, in the HBO, like with Sopranos, I think probably kicked it off, and then... You had other shows like Game of Thrones, and uh, and then some of these streaming services came out, and, you're, and everyone started talking about like House of Cards, for example. And then everyone basically was like, and they had their show, and mm. their show was their show, and you, and they were talking about it to, to their friends and saying, more so, you have to watch this show versus you have to watch this movie. And yeah, I mean, Hollywood's struggling to to, to create something original, and. Uh, if Disney or Netflix or whoever can, or Amazon, for example, also, can create their own programming and they can attract people to to spend money on that subscription to watch their shows, then they don't necessarily have to maybe spend the extra money on the studio and the, the, the theaters and whatever, whatnot. If you want to watch the movie, then you just pay your subscription and maybe that's the way it goes. I mean, we're already starting to see... Uh, Original, not even TV shows, but movies being released on uh, these platforms. Not necessarily, you know, huge blockbusters, but it's starting to happen. Yeah. starting to kind of leak through. If you want to watch this movie, like uh, Bright, for example, with, uh, with uh, ah, what's his face? He was in Aladdin recently. Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. And yeah, that movie was kind of so-so. I mean, I mean, it's on my my cue, but um, I don't know people who watched it. They're like, yeah, okay, it was, it was fine. But you can see that starting to happen. If if there's big movies that Disney brings out and they say you can only watch this with Disney Plus and you cannot see it in the theater or else you have to wait until it comes out on Blu-ray, whatever, uh, then all of a sudden you might have a whole lot of people want to subscribe to Disney
0: Plus for a while just to see that movie. I think Disney has um, been very pivotal with the mindset of both the viewer and the, the the talent, the content creators, because I think there have been certain things that have that have almost caused both parties to be conditioned in such a way. Like the one I mentioned about, you know, if someone is in TV and they go to movies, that's considered a step up. Versus if people are in films and they want to go to TV, that's considered almost like a step down in their career. Um, I think even when it comes to to the viewer as well we as viewers have been conditioned ourselves to like expect certain type of uh, programming to have, um, you know, X, Y, and Z in there, but not necessarily uh, having certain types of production value or standards that we would um, assign to say, going to see a movie about. And so I think what's cool about that is that Disney is really redefining how this content is created and how it's digested. Really, really cool. Um, I, I mean, I even think about how a lot of these, these actors, for example, th- I think that we're starting to see just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what they're able to do with this because not only could I see them getting more involved with this original programming on these, these online platforms like Disney Plus or, or Netflix or Amazon Prime, but also getting more involved in video games. I think a great example of this is Keanu Reeves getting involved with cyberpunk 2077. It's very obvious from E3. The fans went nuts when he came out on stage, they were super pumped and excited to see that he has some kind of role in the upcoming game. And I can tell you that at least when it comes to the the development side, the game development side of things, there has been kind of this Exodus occurring with folks who have um, careers in Hollywood as visual effects artists who are now coming over the fence, so to speak, to work on games, simply because games have matured both in hardware and in the way they approach their material and everything else to the point where it's attracting that level of talent. And of course, like as the next generation systems come out too, they're going to be able to push much higher fidelity graphics. And so that means that people who are used to really pumping out Oh my goodness! Like just high poly things and high res textures, everything else they're gonna be able to do. So, I just hope it continues not only with the the talent with with the, the crew, but also bring more of the cast in. Like Angelina Jolie, for example, you know she doesn't necessarily have a, a presence on Disney Plus in terms of working on like a an original TV show series. But imagine if she did, and imagine on top of that she was also starring in a game and she was a character there and I think um as long as everything is well thought out you could you know really begin to to enjoy these actors in multiple capacities it's not just limited to just oh I only see them on the silver screen
1: yeah I think I think you are you're right there rush I think also too being from the actress the perspective they have more like of a, I guess broad horizon of which uh, more I guess more work they could do. I mean yeah. instead of just like, oh, I've just acting movies. Oh, well, you know, being a voice actor, yeah. you know, um, you know, Chris Pratt's done a lot of voice work sure. with some of the Lego movies, and he would probably love to do a game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would. He plays games. Uh and you know you're starting to see some other actors like for example Kevin Costner was a voice of what was that dog movie that was out? I forgot what what it was. It was a race car driver and I don't know he's but yeah. I would never imagine Kevin Costner to be like a voice actor and now he is uh and so and then you have this same group who likes disney likes games and also likes movies as well and they're gonna appreciate that much more that their favorite actors who are in their favorite movies are now in their favorite games right and so just like you were saying earlier with oh yeah you know watching a tv show with uh you know jimmy so-and-so, um, it was a step down in their career. Now it's just a lateral move. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so if, if someone plays uh, uh, what was it? Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto or uh, Red Dead Redemption, and I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with a lot of those voice actors, but they are going to have some work. There, People yep. are going to be stammering just to get them on. Probably, I don't know about on screen, but in other games as well um, because of that game was so popular, and that was just their
0: voice. Well, and imagine, too, as the next gen of consoles get released, the graphics fidelity is going to continue to improve and get better and better. Imagine, like, having some of your favorite actors actually be controllable. So, like, you know, once again, using the Angelina Jolie example, imagine she's the character that you control and you're running around these levels and you're doing things, and I think that that there has been in the past Um certain attempts to, to do this sort of thing, but ultimately it was kind of a limited value because everything back in the day, like, you know, Xbox and Xbox 360 during those times, the graphics were too crude. Right. Like you didn't have enough um, polys and, and textures and everything else to, to make it look compelling. And I think we're at that precipice now where it's like, wow, I think, we really can pull this stuff off and it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to have these types of people who everybody are, are just huge fans of be able to be a part of that. So another thing that D23 was talking about was Pixar and they had two different films. One was Soul and the other one um, Onward. was Onward. Right. And so even though they announced it, they didn't really show too much of the movies yet. I think they're still kind of just working on it <laughs> yeah you,
1: the trailer for onward is is out there you can you can look it up and see it but not for soul i think they just introduced soul for the first time that guy was saying now you know where you know why would we make a movie like this so we did yeah you know this is what it's called so yeah that that trailer's not out yet that that'll be probably released after onward gets mm-hmm. on the big screen
0: yeah i look forward to, to seeing both of those because i just i love pixar films the only other thing that i thought was worth mentioning um of course I, you know, a disclaimer. They had other types of announcements that didn't really, I don't know, appeal to us, and and they were kind of more for the kiddies and that sort of thing. And um, I we I decided it'd be fun just to kind of cherry pick things that I thought were of interest. But Lady and the Tramp is the new uh, latest live action rendition of an animated classic. They of course brought the two dogs out on stage and that sort of thing. And so um, I'm going to kind of see how that plays out. I, for one, I, you know, the, the approach they're taking with a lot of these live action films is not exactly my cup of tea. Um, I know that the, the, for the first time actually watching the trailer for Mulan, I think Mulan is like one I'm actually very interested in seeing. I'm very excited to see it, but for for me, it's just, I, I tend to prefer the classics. I love the animated cartoons and, um, you know, there are people out there who, who enjoy the the other um, live action versions, and that's great. I mean, I'm glad that, that they uh, they get a kick out of it and they love it and everything else. It's just not for me. So, yeah. Where, is there anything else that I'm, I'm forgetting about from the show? I feel like I've covered. You're the, forgetting about base. Lizzie
1: McGuire. <sighs> Lizzie McGuire.
0: Or, I don't know. Who are Liz, you talking Lizzie about? Lizzie McGuire, Hillary
1: Duff, whatever.
0: Oh yes. Well yeah, that was kind of one of the more like kitty-oriented shows. Yeah, she's well, making her, her big uh
1: return.
0: Except yes. she
1: ain't no kid, no mo. No, nope, she's nope, Are you sure that's still gonna be a kid show, Russ? I feel like they're that Disney is going to advertise that show towards like the
0: grown-up Disney kids. That's actually you know what? That's probably what it is.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Disney's a master of being able to market to multiple <laughs> generations. Can't end the show without talking about Lizzie. Did you have any concluding thoughts about D23, Steve? I Are know you, this was like the first time you had ever seen D23.
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, actually I watched. Watch. You know, they, it seems like they took a, a chapter out of Apple's conference yes. playbook. It seemed like a very Apple-y conference. I mean, if you took both of them and probably like timed each presentation and how the presentation was given, they were way similar.
0: Yeah. Like crazy similar.
1: Are you gonna get Disney Plus, Russ?
0: I am. Are you? I definitely am. I've already talked to my wife about it. Yeah, and I got permission. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's well, she's not- really excited about it too. Honestly, you you look at it and Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, National Geographics, and Geographic, Geographic. <laughs> National and- Turbo Graphics sixteen. As well as the as the the vault, the Disney vault of like great classic films. So yeah. like you know, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, oh, yeah. Mary
1: Poppins, yeah, all the movies you got already. You know, I don't I don't
0: own those movies. Oh yeah, you do. They're stuck in there somewhere. I don't own those movies. If I did, they're like VHS. Like I I need a, a proper version of but. <laughs> Actually, that's something that I'm also happy about too. It's just, okay, in terms of video on demand, it's just nice to have uh, an easy turnkey solution to be able to go and say, hey, let's watch Bedknobs and Broomsticks from the 60s. Let's go to Disney Plus. Here it is. Let's start watching it. You know, it's, it's just nice to be able to have that. The one thing that I hope they don't do with Disney Plus is start to swap stuff in and out the way Netflix does. I want that Disney product to always be available 24 7 i don't well, want them to yeah. say well because if you think about it uh-huh. in the past when it comes to like their animated features for example they will release the little mermaid for a limited time only and then they'll put it back into their what they call oh, disney I vault see, yeah, and you can't see it you can't buy it for another like seven years and yeah. then they bring it back out i hope that model is done I don't want that model for Disney Plus. I want it to be video on demand. Like I'm paying, you know, I think it's I think it's six bucks a month is how they're starting things out, which is very nice. <laughs> I remember when Netflix used to be that cheap, but um, but I think that that they have positioned themselves masterfully. I think that they spent a considerable amount of time learning the ropes from folks who were who were kind of the the tech bleeding edge trendsetters like Amazon and Netflix. You know, if you recall, Disney actually had quite a bit of their product on Netflix's platform, but they were learning, they were seeing how they could do it. And honestly, it kind of makes me think of of kind of the next generation of the Disney Channel. If you recall, like when we were kids in the 80s, they had their their own standalone channel called the Disney Channel. They still have it today, but I think it's evolved a bit from what you and I were used to, and there's just some of the programming that we were used to. I don't know if they really show it that often anymore because they have so much other programming. Oh, yeah, of course. So it's just nice that uh, Disney Plus, uh, I don't know, that's kind of how I'm viewing it at this point. They probably show it around 3 a.m. They have to play something. Of course. all All the old stuff. But no, I I will definitely be an early adopter of Disney Plus. I'm very much looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to a lot of the different announcements that they made um, over the the course of the the different IPs that they now own. So good on them for doing that. I mean, they're they're just a juggernaut of entertainment. So they're gonna ride that Marvel gravy train until that there's no more coal to shove in there. I'm telling you, there is. So, here's the thing: people don't realize this. Marvel consists of between five to 7,000 characters. Mm. That's insane. It's a lot. Like, how many characters have been revealed so far? Like, maybe 50?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they, they, that gravy, Steve, is not going to run out anytime soon. I'm not even sure if in our lifetime we're going to be able to see all these characters. Think about that. No that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and, of course, early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9 30 p.m central time we will see you next week